Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Hayden Rogers, and this is an Appendices episode to Episode 8, Kill My Police, about law enforcement in fantasy worlds. The Watchman, The Fuzz, The Sheriff and His Men, The King's Guard, The Empire's Soldiers. Whatever you call it, it's always been a feature of the fantasy genre. Law enforcement is a central organisation in almost any society, so, of course, the worlds of fantasy love to reimagine them in varied and interesting ways. Due to the nature of epic struggle, many of these forces can take on a dark, antagonistic role in the plot, working for the status quo which probably needs to be shaken up. In other cases, they are neutral, and sometimes they are allies to our heroes and perhaps even the form of ultimate justice and good in the realm. Let's take a look at some interesting incarnations of law enforcement in the fantasy genre. We'll start with some definite antagonists. Often the heroes of our story live somewhere where the people in power are hashtag the bad guys, and as a result, their minions are usually their brand of law enforcement. Often in these stories, they can just be faceless foot soldiers that appear to do the bidding of hashtag the bad guys, with a few key individuals becoming recurring characters. A great example of this is the Empire's stormtroopers in the Star Wars franchise, and I know that's sci-fi and not fair to see, but still. Perhaps a better example is the story of Robin Hood. In it, the main antagonist, the Sheriff of Nottingham, works for the arch-villain Prince John and commands a faceless troop of foot soldiers who try to thwart the band of merry men. Also, as it's a historical legend, this form of law enforcement is based on English law at the time. This simple kind of law enforcement is more often found in fairy tales and children's fantasy. In more mature offerings, when the law belongs to hashtag the bad guys, it has a bit more nuance to it. Quite commonly, there will be a bad guy in chief, and their enforcers will work in the shadows for them. For example, the Dai Li in Avatar The Last Airbender are a secret police force who work for Long Feng. They are ostensibly under the command of the Earth King, and therefore benign protection, but in reality, are agents of a conspiracy orchestrated by their true leader. They are actively trying to remain unnoticed and don't really want to be known as law enforcement. They behave much more like undercover agents for an intelligence agency or secret police, rather than being a governing body. Another world with a secret police force is that of the Narnia series, specifically in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. However, in this series, the secret is well and truly out, and the citizens of Narnia know they are living under a dictator. Morgrim is the leader of this force of wolves, but he and his pack are under the direct command of Jadis, the White Witch and self-proclaimed Queen of Narnia. 
Most likely, C.S. Lewis called them secret police because of the way they covertly operated against dissidents of the Queen, much like the Nazi secret police in World War II. In fact, allusions to real-world political structures and the law enforcement tactics they employ can often be found in fiction. Usually, this is done in order to draw attention to and criticise these structures. Perhaps some of the most famous examples are Orwellian works like Animal Farm and 1984. Animal Farm is an allegory of the Russian Revolution, which led to the formation of the Soviet Union and the rise of Stalin. Similarly, also based on Stalinist Russia, the plot of 1984 revolves around the Thought Police, which are the secret police of an alternate dystopian future. They monitor and stifle all signs of dissent against the totalitarian regime which rules the now-absorbed Great Britain through mass surveillance and propaganda. Throughout history, particularly in dictatorships, to modern-day China, there are several historical examples of secret police being used to enforce a political agenda. Even in the USA, we have seen behaviour not unlike this from the Trump government in response to peaceful Black Lives Matter protests. To bring it back to a more fantastical world, the magisterium of his dark materials is a criticism of the Catholic Church. Philip Pullman imagines an alternate reality when there is no separation of church and state, with the church-like magisterium controlling the public sphere. While the magisterium is the governing body, the police answer to them. Additionally, they approve surreptitious kidnappings and experimentation. Of course, it's not all bad news. There are many examples where law enforcement is on the side of hashtag the good guys and fight back against the forces of evil. In fact, to use an example from earlier, in the later Avatar series, The Legend of Korra, there is a police force that is largely good, though it mimics the moral complexity of real police forces. The universes of superheroes are also often home to government organisations that are in place to protect the planet and assemble teams of superhumans. S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Universe is one such body. The organisation is responsible for assembling the Avengers and is a part of the US government, or later the UN. This is also an example of an intelligence operation being used for good rather than evil. Of course, in Harry Potter, the Aura Department is our form of magical law enforcement. They are undeniably the good guys and often face off against their evil counterparts, the Death Eaters. Harry himself aspires to be, and eventually becomes, an Aura. The Aura Department is a wing of the magical government, the Ministry of Magic, and functions much the same as Muggle Police. They really symbolise a form of ultimate good, which is, like Robin Hood, characteristic of fairy tales or stories for young people. The idea is that when the Auras show up, we are in the safe hands of good-aligned authority figures. They take hashtag the bad guys away to jail. However, as the series matures, so does its exploration of this idea, and the safety net is taken away. Similarly, many worlds have something like a royal guard or army, which belongs to a benevolent ruler. This could also just look like the police too. A force like this usually swoops in when it looks like our heroes are in mortal peril, or once the crime is solved and hashtag the good guys have stopped hashtag the bad guys, this force comes in to ensure that all is well and 
they'll take it from here. So, what can we learn from Fantasy Police? 1. Law is universal. Everyone in the modern world has an experience of law enforcement. It will mean something to everyone who reads your story. That makes it a powerful world-building tool. What can you say and make your audience feel with it? 2. Don't be afraid to criticise. Law enforcement has a long and complicated history, and the belief that it is inherently or incorruptibly good is a naive one. Many have allegorised law enforcement to make a point or criticise certain systems. They also use those systems as a basis for their own inventions. Do you have something to say, and can you draw on existing examples? 3. Complexity feels real. The more nuance and moral grey that you can work into your law enforcement designs, the better. In our own world, we see people who just want to do good working alongside people who don't. In organisations which offer safety and security, but also murder innocent people and prioritise who benefits from these services. Police can be used to catch criminals or suppress citizens. It's a complex idea, so don't oversimplify it. Thanks for listening. For comments and corrections, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. Just search for Kill My Darlings Podcast. You can comment on this episode's blog, as with all episode blogs, at Hayden Rogers, that's R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net slash killmydarlings. Or you can email in at killmydarlingspodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy my podcast and want to show your support, please consider becoming a patron of Kill My Darlings on patreon.com slash killmydarlingspodcast. That's all for now. I'm Hayden Rogers, and I look forward to killing some darlings with you soon. Bye.